Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny FD. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Johnny, and welcome to episode 55 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I'm here with the love of my life, my travel <laughs> partner, and my new business partner, Larissa. Hi, you guys. I'm so happy to be on the show. I've like big, been a big fan, and um, Johnny's asked me for a while now, to be honest. But to be honest, I've been so nervous because a lot of the people I hear talking on the show is people I admire and I look up to, and I'm like, oh my God, I can't be on your podcast yet. <laughs> but I'm really excited to have this chat with him today. Well, you have deserved a nice spot <laughs> my here. My spot. I've worked for my spot. Johnny makes me work every day for this spot. <laughs> uh, so we are going to talk about how Larissa quit her job and started her own online entrepreneurial journey. But first, let's talk about where we are and what we've been doing this last week. So we are at the moment um, in the beautiful Borneo, Malaysia, and I can actually point out where that is now. <laughs> when Johnny first told me we're going to Borneo, I was like... Okay, I'm going to get back to you in 10 minutes because I actually need to go Google search that. So I didn't know a lot about Borneo, but we are at the moment at a beautiful lodge and we are exploring nature and seeing what the wildlife has got to offer us. Yeah, Yeah, literally, if you can see where we are, we are uh, at the Nature Lodge Kinabatagalan River in Borneo, in Malaysian Borneo. Uh, and you can, you can probably hear the birds and the bugs in the background. Uh, we're outdoors. So I want you guys to all sense this nature around us. I mean, there's literally a river, you know, meters away. There's, um, I mean, there's so much wildlife. I mean, so what have we seen today so far? So what have we, we saw proboscis monkeys. They kind of just stand out in my head always. <laughs> They're the easiest to remember. We saw proboscis monkeys. We saw the biggest lizard. It's a uh, monitor lizard. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I was actually, when the guy said, look for the lizard, I was picturing something like the size of my hand and I'm trying to figure out where it is in this tree. And then I, I, when I finally saw it, I saw the head was the size of my hand. So we saw the lizard, we saw the monkeys, um, we saw an elephant. I mean, that was definitely the highlight of the day and it was mm. in our first five minutes of going out on the river. Um, so it's wild elephants that were absolutely beautiful. And these are um, wild Borneanian, I guess, Borneo in... <laughs> pygmy elephants. Yep, so they're, so they're a lot more smaller. Yeah. And they were just, you know, roaming out of the jungle over the river and our guide was amazing at spotting things. I mean, like with the lizards, for example, he would point at it and it would take us 10 minutes to figure out what he's pointing at. But and he would just drive, uh, you know, on this boat through, on the river uh, and he would just stop randomly and say, do you see those those, uh, that tall grass rustling yep. there and do you smell the mixture of grass and mud that's there's an elephant here like we saw a snake that it's not a big snake at all and how he spotted that in the tree to me is insane I have absolutely no idea how he did that because it literally took me 20 minutes and four people pointing <laughs> trying to show me where to look to actually um, spot it eventually and I got to it but it took me quite a while okay so where is Borneo for those who are, are listening uh, it's, it's one of those places where, so it's in Southeast Asia and it's a, a big island and it actually can, comprises of three countries. Do you know what those Brunei, are? Yep. Malaysia, yep. and the third one? Indonesia. Yep. 
Perfect. Uh, why do you think no one ever comes here, and why do you think it's not bigger on the tourism circuit? Because let's see, all the all the travelers we meet, what are the top destinations you know around Asia that they talk about? We actually had this conversation. I said to you, it's so strange to me that I haven't heard more about Borneo because it's so beautiful once you get to and the like the orangutans, the proboscis monkeys, like especially the proboscis monkeys, that's something you cannot see somewhere else. Like you can't go to Thailand and spot them like you see them here. Yeah, I mean they're they're only in Borneo. Yeah. So I don't know if it's like a lack of information that's not given or that people see is think of it as just nature and wildlife and they'd rather want the relaxation part of it as well and they want to go lie down on a beach but we in the next few days we're heading off to we are going to be lying on a beach so yeah. we are going to be lying on a beach I, ha I haven't been there yet so mm. johnny's been there so he can actually um say a little bit more about that but and i'm looking forward to and that. we might do a follow-up episode next week talking about the underwater life and the beach life here as well because it's incredible i mean i'm not going to spoil it too much but it's I've been diving all around the world and where we're going next week is going to be the best ever and there's going to be some surprises in store for Larissa as well. So the little town that we stayed at lot, um, a few nights ago, I literally didn't spot any westerners around us except for when we went to the hotel. Mm. But in the town itself, it's only locals and that was very interesting to me because like you said, there's not a lot of tourists around here, but there's so much to see and so much to do. Yeah, the town we were, we were in was called Sanakan. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's true or not, but I read in a magazine saying that Sanakan has the highest density of millionaires. And at first, it was kind of hard to believe, but it is a very small place. And there's a lot of money in like oil plantations and um, I don't know what else, maybe some finance stuff. but. Basically, it's not a big place, and there are some rich people here, so I guess maybe that is true. But when you walk around, you would never say that. It never. looks quite poor, and I mean... But, uh, the, they have richness in diversity of, of wildlife, yeah, for sure. definitely. Okay, so let's go back to, to day one. All right, um, we flew in from Chiang Mai. Actually, you know what? This yeah, is gonna be this. This <laughs> is gonna be crazy. Started off rough. I think one of the reasons why a lot of people don't come to Borneo is they think it's very difficult to get to. It's not a well-paved, you know, tourist trail. So it's not you. You know, the chances are you don't know anyone who's traveled there, so you can't just follow their itinerary. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of mistakes to be made watching and come here. But it's actually not as difficult. It's actually a lot easier and cheaper to get here than most people think except when you make mistakes like we did yeah. uh, we made quite a few expensive mistakes yep but luckily you know we've made the mistakes for you guys and <laughs> i've written all of it in johnny's guide to borneo on my blog if you search for it on johnnyfd.com or you look at the show notes for episode 55 i have a link to it and it'll it'll basically teach you how to take two flights here instead of four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and big book six like we did yep. so that sucked but has it been worth it Absolutely, with out of that. Okay, so the so the first day we basically once we actually arrived, we arrived in a town called Sanakan, uh, and we stayed at a cute hotel called Nak Hotel. Nak Hotel. N A K. And it had an awesome rooftop restaurant, and uh, yeah, it was just basically like a hang, like a hangout bar restaurant. Really good food. Yep. Like surprisingly, surprisingly good food. And the breakfast was incredible. You could see. You know, it's a sea view on the roof, mm -hmm. uh, and it was very affordable. That place. Do you remember what we paid for it? Um, I think it was forty US a night. Okay, yeah, it was forty US, but it was a nice, it was a pretty nice place. Yeah. And 
you know, great views right right oh, by the water. Included breakfast, and breakfast is incredible. Yep. Uh, so, but the the only reason why you want to stay there is so the next morning you want to take a shuttle over to Sepalok, uh, and what what's in Sepalok? That's basically where all the nature reserves and I mean the sanctuaries are. Um, you can either take a taxi and get ripped off, or we discovered you can take a shuttle for about two dollars US, sixty six ringgit, which is sixty yep. baht. Um, and you know it was like thirty minutes, and we got dropped off at our next accommodation, which was Sepilok Nature Resort, wasn't it? Uh, Sepilok Jungle Resort. Jungle Resort. Yep. Mm-hmm. And this place, you're you know basically you know in the jungle as well. Um, decent, like pretty decent accommodations. Don't expect you know these places to be nice luxurious you know places but it was decently clean the accommodations really just the bare minimum what you need because you are never going to be in your room you're never there you're always out and you're doing something and when you get home you're quite tired because you've been busy the whole day so it's not like you're there to use the resort facilities or use the large facilities as much you go there because it's of the ease of uh, of getting to the place places around it like to the orangutan sanctuary and to yep. And uh, so Sepalok Jungle Resort was a five or ten minute walk to everything. Um, the first thing we saw were the... The sun bears. The world's smallest bears. Mm-hmm. I- I've never heard of them until I got here. I never knew about them either. And in mm-hmm. photos, they're a bit misleading. Uh, I'll have photos of all, all the stuff on the blog, but it's hard to tell because it looks like a bear. It looks like a full-size bear. And look, they just put photos of these bears in nature. So what do you compare the size to? Like there's no human or anything next to Yeah, you to compare them. it to a tree yes. and, and, you know, you can't tell. But in real life, when you see it and you see, you know, you're 10 meters away from it and you see how small it is, it's cute. So when they're full grown, they are my size. And yeah. I am 165 meters. Yeah, which is like, I don't know, 5'4", five, 5'5". But yeah, I mean, so they're they're not big and they're tiny bears, but they look full size. And that place was awesome. So shout out to Sun Bear Conservation. Mm-hmm. Place. Doing what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, so definitely worth supporting. Uh, if you do go there, make sure you bring tripod, maybe a nice camera, zoom lens. Mm-hmm. Uh, we met a guy named Robbie that was taking incredible photos. I'll, I'll try to I'll try to link to his site uh, and to some of his photos when he puts that up. Um, but that was my probably my biggest regret is not bringing like a nice proper mm. proper camera. So this is one of those trips that's worth investing in a nice camera because we actually don't own one of like the best on the market. Yeah, we own well, like little snaps. So Larissa lights. had a DSLR, but and we, we never used it. <laughs> yeah, just because we never used it, so we sold it. Uh, and now this is the first time ever. Like you know what, that would have been nice to have. Yep. So after the Sun Bears. We went to, was it the Rainforest Discovery Center? We did go to the Rainforest Discovery Center and I actually completely forgot about that now that you mention it. Just because we didn't see anything there and mm. I guess it's it's beautiful. But um, if you are someone who loves looking at trees and like discovering different tr- types of trees because they have all the names up there. But for me, I like I have almost no interest in it mm. and I really don't know much about it. So to me, it was just as nice sitting at our lodge and looking over yeah because you're already in the jungle yeah i mean so definitely if you are a you know botanist or a plant lover go there if you just want to walk you know above the treetops and look how big the the jungle was 
then go there. Or if you are a birder, if you you know if you have binoculars or a zoom lens and want to wait around to spot some really rare birds, probably some of the coolest birds in the world, then it's worth going to. But if you're the average you know person that you know wants to see animals up and close, you actually want to. You know, we are only hike. average when it comes to bird watching, by the yeah. way. We're not average at all. <laughs> Thank you. We're way above average, baby. But <laughs> <laughs> well, only with only with our only with birds travels, watching, we're not yeah. really good at that. <laughs> all right, so uh, RDC don't highly recommend it for most people. Mm -hmm. um, but the next day, we went to the orangutan sanctuary. Yep. Highly, highly recommended. That was the one thing that I was the most excited about when Johnny mentioned Borneo because the one thing I knew about Borneo was the orangutans that I've seen so many times in like um, tour travel guides and etc. And um, it does live to, up to the expectation. It's absolutely amazing seeing them in their natural habitat. So just being, you know, the way they are, like not seeing them caged up or... Yeah, so th there's a sign explaining that if you don't see any orangutans, that's a good thing. Yep. And it was at first it's kind of hard to wrap your mind about because you would want to go and see it. You know, you'd want to see ten or twenty of them if you could. And we, you know, each day we would only see a handful, maybe you know, two, three, four. We saw the first day. We saw five. Did we? Yes. Okay, nice. Five at the same time where they because they feed them. They have a, a certain feeding time which is like by the hour or something. Or no, it's twice a day. Was this one twice a day? Only? But the orangutans must you know, have a nice gold watch on them because they know exactly what time to come. Yep. But basically the point is, the less orangutans come means that they are self-sufficient and they can find their own food. They don't need humans. They're not reliant on us anymore to find food. So the sanctuary wants less orangutans coming out for food because that means that they are doing their job and these animals are actually living the way they should be in like a natural setting and not relying on us to provide food. But obviously as tourists, you kind of, you're like, oh my you God, I want to see them so bad. Like I mean, we flew all yeah. the way to... Well, especially because orangutans are one of those endangered species that there's a very good chance that if you wait 10 years, you might not never see one in the wild ever again. And this is why I highly encourage everyone, you know, to start traveling now, get your stuff together, you know, and just make it a priority. You know, you might not have the job or the career or the money to be able to, to take off for three weeks or a month and start traveling now, fly to Borneo, but why not make it a priority? It's free to write down your goals. And I guarantee you, if you know, if you write down your goals, say, I want to see the orangutans in Borneo within the next year, you will figure out a way to make it happen. And I mean, you know, life changes quick, right? I mean, we, like, did, you, did you think that you were going to be here? And that's what I also want to say is like, always keep an open mind and try things that you didn't think of before. Like if you said to me before Borneo, I would have been like, well, that's not on the top of my list because we think of these highly touristy places that are thrown in our faces all the time. But th this is so much more rewarding, actually seeing these animals just the way they are, not like put, uh, putting on a show. I know a lot of places in Thailand, as amazing as they are, all these animal places, it really is for show. It's for, like if we think of the Tiger Kingdom or the mm. monkeys there, I mean, I went to a monkey show that was absolutely shocking. <laughs> the monkey bought me soap for like 20 miles or something. And I was, as a tourist, you feel so impressed because you get to interact with them from like up so close. But at the same time, it's not the way it's meant to be. It's not, that's not the natural setting. And I promise you, it's been so much more rewarding seeing them here in Borneo. Yeah, it's it's super cool because you could see it. I think it's a perfect combination of being able to have a, a pretty much guaranteed, you know, sighting of them and at a pretty good uh, distance as well. 
but have them still be wild. Have them, you know, know that yeah, they do come because they're being fed, but they have the option to to leave and they sleep in the jungle every night, which is nice. Uh, one tip I want to give you guys for the Rangtang Sanctuary is your ticket is avail- is valid for both feedings, the morning and the night one, or the I mean afternoon one. Go to both because there's a, you really double your chances of of some cool encounters or you know mm-hmm. just seeing different ones uh, that show up. It is very tempting to squeeze all this. I mean, technically, you could squeeze in everything we did in Sepalak in one day if you really wanted to, but I wouldn't recommend it. I would spend, you know, we spent two nights there, yep. and it was, it was perfect. I mean, we basically, we did a full three days, two nights there, you know, which really isn't that long if you fly all the way across here anyways. Uh, go to both feedings because you're going to experience some cool stuff, and we got really lucky. Yep, we actually went the morning to the orangutan feeding, which was at, like Johnny said at eleven, and it was beautiful. I mean, we saw, we we were lucky enough to already see five orangutans, which I think is more than the norm. But then we also walked to the nursery because, true to the girl I am, I want to see a baby one. Obviously, mm-hmm. like you haven't seen it unless it's small. So I'm like, I want to go see some of the babies. So we got to the nursery, and there was none. I think there was one hanging around by himself, and it was cute. But we were like, okay, a little bit disappointed. We mm-hmm. wanted to see more. And luckily, we went back to afternoon, to the afternoon feeding as well. Because a lot of people only go to the one, and then they've had enough for the day, and they carry on to the next. Yeah, we've seen it. We've seen the monkeys, it's fine, we've seen the orangutans, now we're going to see something else. And we were so lucky that we went back, because it actually started pouring down with rain, but it also didn't bother us. We didn't have jackets on us or anything, but we just kept carrying on, because we knew, like, if you keep sticking to it, we'll, we'll get lucky. And we had the most beautiful experience of watching this little orangutan man covering his head with leaves because he was super annoyed by the rain. You could just see he didn't want to get wet at all. He and we made, watched him for yeah. like an hour because... He made an umbrella yep. out of leaves. <laughs> and it was super entertaining. Yeah. I just, I literally didn't want to leave there because it was amazing to see how human-like he is. Like he didn't like... We were standing there getting wet with him and we didn't enjoy getting like soaked in the rain. And you can see his face, his emotions. Yep. He was very like... You know, I, they say that the orangutan is one of the closest primates to human. Yep. And you can see it. You can see in his face, his emotions, his actions, you know, making tools, basically, literally building an umbrella. And then we decided to head over after the rain finally stopped and this little man was happy as well. We headed over to the nursery one more time and we got so lucky that literally Johnny was standing two meters away, mm-hmm. if not closer to a baby orangutan and he was just walking up to Johnny um, because he was curious, just as curious as we were, like this little man wanted to find out what's happening. And unfortunately the staff told us, please come inside because the fact of the matter is they do want to eliminate like human monkey, like interaction and contact because they want these animals to live by themselves and be on their own. And even though we think it's cute holding his hand, it's probably not in his best interest. Mm So we was exceptionally lucky there, getting so close and up personal with them. Yeah, and it was, I mean, that was another experience in itself, is just seeing these apes, you know, up close and personal and just having them walk by us, basically. So orangutan sanctuary, definitely a must, a do. must do. But what I personally enjoyed even more than orangutans, uh, actually, well, first, let's talk about our least favorite monkey. Oh my gosh, the cheeky little bastards. Yeah. What are they called? They're called- no- I want to know because I know what they're called. Something with a cow at the end because that's all I remember. Macaws or macaques. 
Some people say macaques and some people say macaws. Yeah. So, so there's one called? of those. It's I, I say macaque, but I, I, I'm probably not saying it right, so it doesn't matter. Uh, these guys are cool because they're very active, but these are little gangsters of the forest. Yep. They will come and jack everything. They will jack your hat, your sunglasses, they'll jack their orangutan's food. And they're cheeky little things. I mean, not in a good way. And then packs. So they come as like, they come prepared. Like 20 of them at the same time. Yeah, if they had a knife, they'd cut you. <laughs> you know? And They're very entertaining to watch though. Like, mm -hmm. But they're very cheeky. So our favorite monkey was... By far. By far. Was one that a lot of people don't go to. You know, it's... And here's the, here's the other problem with, with people that travel for short amounts of time and don't have the freedom of... Of time you know they might have a job where they get let's say a one week or two week vacation they're trying to pack all the stuff into the short vacation so they only go to the highlights so in Thailand for example a lot of people will go to Chiang Rai to see the white temple which is a beautiful place for especially take photos but while they're there they could have also went to the black house which is even more beautiful yeah. I think you know and it's definitely more of an experience and I would say nine out of ten people that I've met who went there you know I've been there did never heard of it or they say they you know, I would say almost all of them just say they don't have time for it uh, so if you want to know about that search for it on my blog but here the one place that a lot of people skip is the do they skip the proboscis monkeys a lot of people do that does not make any logic like that doesn't make sense to me whatsoever because the proboscis monkeys are insanely unique in features mm -hmm. that you do want to see them up close like I mean when I saw them in pictures I was like I don't actually think they exist. Yeah. <laughs> like this looks like it's been edited. Like this doesn't look real. And to me, just as cool. I think the reason why a lot of people skip it is because first, it's further out, so you kind of have to drive. You know, spend half a day or a day driving mm -hmm. out. But second is everyone's heard of orangutans. Most people have never heard of proboscis monkeys. Mm -hmm. I know when I was in the U.S., that word has never entered my vocabulary. So it's one of those things where. You know, people want to go to Thailand to go to Phuket because they've heard of Phuket. Yep. No one wants to go to Kolanta, even though Kolanta is ten times better. And there's the same thing with these monkeys. Yep. So tell me about these proboscis monkeys. So the proboscis monkeys are known as the biggest nose of Borneo. And maybe if we say that, it gives you an indication of which monkeys they are. But they have these profoundly massive noses that it's very penis-like <laughs> but it's their nose and it's got the same function I always want to say so it appeals to the ladies um yep and so I see you want to interrupt me over there no 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 <laughs> <laughs> I see you getting so eager you're like oh let me talk about the penis okay. nose like <laughs> so you, I'm sure you've seen the photo now it's probably going to be the the cover for this episode just because it is that cool of a monkey that I'm going to use that for my cover for everything. <laughs> if I was still on Tinder, that would be my, my photo. <laughs> I have the biggest nose, ladies. Yep. So, uh, only the males have these big nose. Uh, the females are actually pretty cute. You know, yep, the baby, they're cute. They have and nose. the babies are exceptionally cute. Mm -hmm. They have small little noses and blue faces yep. until they're a certain age. Uh, but the males have a giant penis on their face. Yep. And the bigger their nose the more attractive they are. Yep. <laughs> and they, I mean... And they, they get multiple ladies for having this nose. Yep. So the way that the proboscis monkey, uh, I guess, network works is there can only be one male, one alpha male in the group. I mean, not even alpha male, just the male. 
and there, he has a harem of women, well, female monkeys, and it can be 10, 15, 20. So the biggest group that they say that they've seen here was one male with 33 wives. And now all of them have babies, so you can just imagine how many of, of them you see at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I have enough trouble trying to keep <laughs> one girl happy. I don't know about 32. <laughs> I don't know how they had time for it. I mean, because they know about two. Never mind, yeah. thirty-two. We're like, how? Do you... And we saw, you know, one of the cool things is the other thing I would recommend is watch the documentaries of these animals before you go, because yep. then you really learn about it. Uh, at have, most you places, you have more respect for them if yeah. you know something about them. Like... Definitely, and at most places, uh, actually, all three places that we mentioned: the sun bears, the orangutan sanctuary, and the proboscis monkey one. They show you videos of um, like mini documentaries of it, and then you really get to know you know the behind the scenes the history of it and you know what to look for so when you do see the animal in person you appreciate it so much more and you start seeing all the little details the one thing that was surprising to me about the promiscuous monkeys is how big they are mm -hmm. because if i think of monkeys a lot of time i think of small like monkeys flying between the branches but they are i literally took a, a photo next to one a male and he's my size he is a massive fella and, they, and they're strong. They're very strong. I mean, the, the coolest thing about them is the way they run. Like most monkeys are light. You don't only hear them moving. You know, they might rustle the, the branches. But these guys, they they run like big cats. They're like cheetahs. And they and the, the further they run, it almost seems like they pick up speed and they pounce. Almost like like zombies, right? Not, not, like, not the um, normal slow zombies, but the running zombies. And they will pounce on a rooftop, make the biggest sound, and just fly. I mean, and they you could tell they're powerful. They have big muscular thighs. Uh, these guys are awesome. I, and these are another, you know, endangered species that are only found in Borneo. Yep. And we're so, we're so lucky to, to see them up close. I posted a picture on Instagram and a random girl tagged me in it and she said to me, is that actually real? Like she <laughs> didn't know that they exist. So, because I didn't know before as well. I said they looked so like fake. They yeah. looked, someone had to draw that. Yeah. And then it's like in your, your wildest imagination, can you draw that out? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's amazing that that's real in real life. So the one thing I wouldn't recommend is don't stay overnight at the Provisus Monkey Resort yeah. because there's nothing to do there. <laughs> Go for a day trip, spend the whole day there. Um, what we did, and I wrote about this in the blog, is we you know, spent two nights over at uh, Sepalak Jungle Lodge to see the sun bears and orangutans, and then we checked out, went to the, the, the proboscis monkeys, spent the whole day, left the luggage in the van, in the, in the driver's van, uh, and then from there we went to Santa Can, back, you know, back to where we flew in from. And we wanted to, so this is kind of where the digital nomad part of it comes in. It's most people, they'll just travel for a week straight and be exhausted. They'll be exhausted. They'll see all the stuff and, you know, then they go back to work. As a digital nomad, it's nice that you're location independent. And it's also nice to take a break in between uh, travel activities. So what we did is we spent three nights at the Four Points Sheraton mm -hmm. in Santa Can. What do you think of that place? I want to live there yeah. like if I have to choose right now I'd be like I'm moving in there it is absolutely it's got everything you need like it had a beautiful view a spacious room it had a, it had a gym it had amazing food 
it the staff was excellent like we literally was i felt like a queen for a few days yeah it was one of the actually i mean it was probably one of the nicest hotels i've ever stayed at and it wasn't that expensive it was a lot for being in asia especially because there was other choices that were a lot less but i think it was about 66 dollars a night through agoda on um it's 2,000 bucks. I don't know what that is. Yeah, so, so around like less than 70 bucks. But it had an infinity pool that looked like it was falling into the ocean. Yeah. Uh, we had, you know, the floor to ceiling windows for our view. You know, huge king size bed. And the reason why we actually stayed there was because we knew we were going to be in the hotel the whole day. Uh, and that's why it was it was fine. It was it was justifiable to pay it because we were like, okay, we're gonna use the facilities. We're mm -hmm. gonna be here the whole day. So what we did was we would wake up and work poolside. We, you know, uh, I put up a if, if you follow my Instagram, it's Johnny FDK. What's your Instagram? No, you know, like okay. Maybe I'll One. link to it. And um, we, you know, basically would work poolside in the mornings. You know, kind of manage. Our, our businesses. I would manage my Josh Shipping business. Uh, Lewis would help me out with it. And we would work on our new uh, course that we just launched, yeah. which we'll get to in a second. And uh, basically, it was nice to just kind of work there, hang out. And in the afternoons, we'd use the gym there. Yep. It was a pretty good gym, too. Surprisingly uh, good for hotels. For hotel gym. Uh, but the best thing about it was they have a business center as well with proper office desks a nice nice chairs, nice chairs. So comfortable. and the wi-fi was okay it wasn't you know wasn't the best but it was it was usable mm. and it was free you know a lot of hotels now charge like 20 bucks a day to use the internet which really annoys me but uh another travel tip is the wi-fi poolside or in your room might not be the best but if you go to the business center it's always faster there and that was our case right yeah all right so we took nice three-day break and we managed to completely finish our second Udemy course together yeah. yay yeah I'm so excited I'm so happy I'm having the biggest smile on my face now good <laughs> so I'm really proud of it so you want to tell everyone about, about it? it so I think everyone knows about the first Udemy course already we launched it in August and it was called small talk network networking and it was really our trial and everything to the Udemy like startup as well because we didn't know what to expect and you know it was our first time as well but this time we made a course on relationship ready or getting relationship ready when you are still single and i feel that even some of the techniques that we discussed can be used in pe with for people who are already in a relationship um and i think we decided on this because we were thinking of things that we could possibly where do we have strengths in, or what can we make courses on that we actually feel that we're going to bring a lot of value to people and the one thing that we both thought of is that we have an absolutely amazing relationship but it isn't as easy as it might seem out there for everyone else we do invest 10x into our relationship we invest a lot of time and you know and at first i thought i really thought i just got lucky meeting larissa i mean it was kind of all by chance and you know i figured i was like you know maybe that was just time um everyone should just kind of wait around and eventually meet the right, right one but really kind of thinking back, if you guys have read my book, Life Changes Quick, I spent an entire year not dating anyone on purpose so I could work on myself and it got me relationship ready. And, I, and then once I was ready to date, then the rest came. I mean, literally the perfect girl came into my life. And that's what we summarized in this, in this training course. So you guys don't have to wait yeah. a year or you know do all this work to become relationship ready, start attracting 
you know, great people into your life. Uh, because, you know, honestly, one of the best parts of my, my new journey isn't just being location dependent, making money online, traveling, you know, all these things are really cool, but it's being able to do that with a partner, you know, and now my life really feels complete and I want everybody to have that. And that's why we made this course. And that's why we're going to give you guys this course instead of you guys paying the full price for it. I'm going to give it to you guys for 10 bucks. Uh, that way you guys, and you know, if you guys want to, you know, uh, if you guys really enjoy it and get a lot out of it, then yes, please leave a nice review afterwards. Um, but this is kind of a gift and we'll do that for our first course do small talk. So for the people who are, you know, just starting out, they want to know, and you know, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, the reason why we started that course is we realized part of being successful socially, but in business and even as a traveler, a lot of it is just having the confidence and the social readiness to be able to talk to anyone. And we, sometimes we forget how valuable of a skill that is, but especially now that we've had that course out and all these people who, you know, bought, bought the course, paid full price for it, left great five-star reviews. We know, you know what, this is stuff that people really need to learn. Yeah. So if you guys want to sign up for this, uh, we'll have a link on the show notes. Um, but basically if, if you look for the course relationship ready, the coupon we'll make for it is monkey. How about that? Monkey. I love it. Okay. And this is not only, I want to say, I actually do feel that it's not just for people who's like, I want to meet the perfect partner. This is a personal development course that you can really like, you get it to invest into yourself as well. Um, so, Absolutely everyone will get something out of it. It's not like we are telling you do X, Y, and Z and Angelina Jolie is going to like knock onto your door and that's how you're going to find the perfect match. This is by you taking the responsibility and investing back into yourself. So full guarantee that it will work. I know it. Oh fun. yeah, definitely. I mean, this this course is, the, st- the stuff in there is super valuable that, and I promise you, you're going to get so much out of it. If you know anyone that's single, you know, feel free to share share the link with them as well. Um, we just want to get it out to everyone and eventually you know it's one of those things where eventually I know we will make money from it I mean eventually we can start charging full price for it once you know we start having a lot of discussions in it because there's a a discussion board inside uh, once we start getting all the reviews up but right now we're thinking more long term we know people are going to like it so we don't mind just giving people access to it Um, and that's not it really is not only about that for us we are so happy and we have tons of friends who's in really good relationships as well that are know in Chiang Mai and you just see a different part of someone when they have have someone to share these moments with like Johnny said earlier like if I had to do this Borneo trip by myself it would have been a completely different experience but because I have him here and I know that this is a lifelong commitment I have someone who's in 30 years from now is going to look back with me and I'm going to be able to re- remind him of this awesome experience and all those memories will come back. That's the goal for us is that we want people to find someone who they'll have a true connection with and that's something that's really going to last. Yeah. And if you want to be more productive with your online business, I promise you by not going out chasing tail every weekend or every every weeknight even, you know, not going out on Tinder dates and going out uh, to the bar to try to, you know, to try to hook up. I promise you guys will be so much more productive in all of your goals. So one, you know, really big thing for me was I decided, you know, for a year not to date, and I started working on my fitness. I started working on my online business, and both of those skyrocketed. I mean, I, w- I accomplished all my goals way faster, you know, in that year than I ever would have if I was also trying, you know, uh, going out and dating. And after meeting Larissa, same thing. You know, now I have, I know I have a great girlfriend to go home to at night, where. 
during the day, I'm focused on work. I'm focused on building my business. I'm focused on, you know, I'm, you know, having a routine to go to the gym. Uh, so it's, I really think that it's having a good partner, especially someone who has the same mindset as you. Uh, it's, it helps tremendously. So Louisa, thank you for, you know, for sharing all these, these same interests as me, because it makes my life so much easier. Thanks baby. So my big turning point was that I was actually in a job that I really didn't like that much. And when I look back at it now, it's like I had relationships, but there was absolutely no way I was going to make someone else happy when I was stopping away at night and I was miserable myself. So quitting my job was the first step of actually me opening doors to actually meeting a partner that I could invest in and actually see a return on that investment as well. So uh, a few months ago, uh, you were teaching English in Chiang Mai and I know that I know that you you know you really enjoyed it the first year. I, it, I, yeah. I would say that's actually very similar to my story where when I first came out teaching scuba diving and I really enjoyed it as well. Yep. But eventually, it ties you down and you don't enjoy it as much anymore. It, get, it becomes you know more frustrating uh, than than new and exciting. Yep. Um, and especially now that I've met you, I was like, well, I'm not going to let you run off every like month by yourself. I want to like spend my life with you and I want to experience these things with you. And unfortunately the teaching doesn't allow for it. Yeah, and you know, and teaching gives more holidays and longer breaks than any other job. But still, it's still so much better to be able to, you know, take off every two or three months for a couple of weeks and be able to work. I mean, literally right now we have no Wi-Fi and hardly any electricity and we're able to record this podcast in the middle of the jungle so it's one of those things where you know if you if you have the time and location independence your life is good and what's insane is you know tomorrow when we do log into uh, our email and our accounts we would have made money while being here in the jungle we're going to have more sales for both our Udemy courses more sales for my Jeff's shipping store and you know basically it it will pay for whatever money we spent today being you know while hanging out you know with these awesome animals i mean literally i don't know if you notice this right in front of us do you do you see what's on that that pillar it's a brown stick bug do you see it right right there oh in front my of gosh us. it's right in front of us <laughs> it's been sitting there the whole time and we have i mean literally there is so right now we're actually supposed to be on a jungle trek and a walk through you know through this rainforest and the reason why it got cancelled is because the elephants are way too close <laughs> we were lucky enough to spot them at least we were on the boat while we saw them um, but they feel that it might be a little bit too dangerous to go walk around but I mean I'm, I've, I'm happy because we got to see them mm -hmm. and we got to see them really close and how cool of a problem is that is that <laughs> we can't go you know we had to cancel activity because wild pygmy elephants are roaming around right behind our our resort or not, this is not a resort our, our lodge, our lodge. Uh, but you know also what's really cool is you know going from staying like staying in the jungle resort right, and then going to stay at the Sheraton in this super nice hotel and then back here to this you know basically we are in a tiny cabin yeah. it's a what do they what do they call it chevette loud lodge or something well i don't know a little chalet i guess i mean to, like it's literally just enough to fit uh it's two single single beds unfortunately but we made a plan but um <laughs> it's literally just big enough for the two single beds and then we have a private um bathroom at least but, but the bathroom is a kind of indoor outdoor 
it's covered, which is fine. But I mean, that's you know, honestly, I kind of like it. Yeah. I wouldn't want to live there, you know, full time. I wouldn't want to stay here for more than Johnny needs a couple nights. Space. Yep. <laughs> He'll die. Yeah. But you know what? I I think it's really cool being able to come into nature, mm-hmm. see all the stuff, and then go and stay at a nice place again. So I mean, that to me, you know, living this location independent lifestyle allows for that. Where, you know, and instead of packing it all in in a week or two. Look, look, there's birds chirping everywhere now. Pretty. All right. This is what I want everyone to do by this time, by this time next year. Yeah. All right. I want everybody to have a location independent business. And I can really, like, I can be the voice of saying, like, I know how it feels to say, but I can't. <laughs> because when Johnny mentioned it to me, he's like, well, in a few months, you can quit your job and you can become location independent. I was like, you are living in a different world because I'm not there yet. I don't have the skills yet to work online because everything I've studied, I mean, I studied psychology. I, I specialize in the field of industrial psychology and I've always thought of going into coaching and never in my mind did I ever think it's going to be online though. I was like, well, I'm going to head back to South Africa and I'm going to have to start it that way. But now both my world, like dreams are coming true in the sense that I'm doing what, exactly what I wanted to do, but it allows me the freedom of doing it location independent. I mean, welcome to you know the new age, right? Yep. I, there's no reason not to have location independent job. I can have a furniture store in LA or San Diego, and you know have to buy inventory and you know hang out there seven days a week to make sure my employees aren't stealing from me. You know to make sure that I have enough inventory, that I make sure that I have sales. You know, and then every, yeah, and every time someone buys something, you know, I make a profit from it. Or I can have that exact same furniture store online, and when someone buys something, I just forward that email to my supplier, and they send it to them, and that's it. I don't have to carry any inventory. I don't have to deal with paying rent every month. I mean, it, it's it's a million times better. I honestly don't even know why anyone would open a physical location for anything anymore. I mean, make be online be location independent see the world you know i mean i want everyone to experience this because it is it is unbelievable i mean it really is healthier for anyone as just as a being like my mindset has changed completely since i've been able to see different places and move around from time to time keep things fresh and adventurous i think it's insanely healthy for our relationship like we always have something to look forward to we always have stories to tell each other we're always meeting new people like our life just it doesn't get boring yeah i i 100 highly agree and i think a lot of it started with us deciding you know what let's write down our goals you know, let's figure out what we really want and how to get there. And, you know, it, it, it's still a lot of work. I mean, it's not, it hasn't been easy. You know, we, I think it, it almost makes it, we make it sound like it's easy. Like you just decided, hey, I'm just going to quit my job. And now, guess what? I'm making money online. I'm location dependent. But it, it wasn't that easy, right? No, it's not that easy. But I think the hardest initial step for me was the mindset behind it all and actually getting the courage to leave. Because once I did that, I was like, well, now I have to make a plan. And now I'm just going to do something. Like, doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to try out everything. And we tried a lot of things. So I li- I was, I'm currently reading um, Grant Cardone's book. It's called The 10X Rule. Mm-hmm. And the one thing he mentions in there, which I completely agree with, is he says, just say yes to everything in life. Like, don't turn down anything. And the first online paid job I had was writing, like, a travel guide to Chiang Mai. <laughs> and 
it definitely wasn't something that necessarily I found like a lot of passion in it or something that I would love doing, but it was an opportunity to make $50 online. And that's why I said yes, because I was like, I want to be able to say that I've made 50 bucks online. And I always tell people that first check that you get when you know, when it's in your hand, you know, it's real that, I mean, basically that is the moment you're like, I am an entrepreneur. I, I can do this. Cause if I, if you can make 50 bucks every day while working online, how much is that per month? 50 bucks. It's in the 30,000 bucks a month. Yep. Yeah, it's a thousand dollars a month. Right? Or, sorry, I don't know. My math's not the, the best. Yeah. But whatever, whatever it is, if you hear that gong in the background, that actually means that we are ready for our nice lunch. lunch. <laughs> so we're going to wrap this up. Uh, but I mean, really what it is, is you didn't, you know, we, we're still figuring it out together. We are, are working on many businesses together we started udemy because it was something that we can do together on our free time and we have a massive passion for it like I and know we really my, enjoy like, it yeah. yeah i really love making those courses it's something i thoroughly enjoy i have a passion for helping people i really enjoy you know just doing something not just making money but actually doing something that i feel warms my heart to my soul so definitely check out that course relationship ready and small talk use coupon code monkey to get it for 10 bucks only uh and there'll be links to it uh in the show notes on my blog um but and keep in touch because we are now that larissa has been on the show i want her i want her on a lot more because we are doing so many things on the back end together so we first we, we were getting into amazon fba we were watching all the videos and we did you know the research and you know we kind of just decided it was like like this is gonna be a lot more work than we actually initially planned out to be and I mean, honestly, I got a little bit stage fright because I'm, I'm looking at products on Alibaba and I'm thinking, do I really want to invest 7000 or $8,000 importing these products into, you know, into Amazon and have to deal with it and you know, not knowing if it's going to work or not? And that's when we decided to pivot and say, you know what? I know that dropshipping makes money because I already have a store up. Larissa knows the back end of it because she's been helping me with my stores. Now. And I just started with Anton's course as well. What do you think of it, by the way? Everyone should sign up for it. I mean, I literally know, I have such little knowledge on dropshipping, but he explains everything so thoroughly that anyone with the most basic of information can start and just go with the process. Like, you know, it's... So we're, we're in kind of stage one of that. We're just still doing our niche research, but follow along. Follow along on my blog. Uh, keep listening to these, the Come podcast. Come visit us in Chiang Mai or somewhere <laughs> else in the world. <laughs> yeah, and we will, you know, basically let you know. Uh, we'll, we'll keep uh, progress. Actually, you know what? I want you to start a progress thread on Anton's forum as well. Okay. Uh, mine will you know, really help me, you know, keep clarity, keep my goals intact, but also uh, help, you know, other people as well when they're starting out. Yep. So... If you guys aren't a member of his course and you're you're looking to do some kind of online business, we highly highly recommend it. Uh, if you want to sign up, there's links to it on my blog. If you want to go through my recommended resources page on johnnyft.com, uh, I have discounts to to a lot of the things that you're gonna need when you get started, like 20% off Shopify, who's a partner and um, a sponsor of this podcast. So thank you to Shopify and uh, yeah, sign up. Uh, keep in touch Larissa see you guys soon see you guys thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast if you want to hear more including the bonus how to choose the perfect niche episode join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com see you next week and remember if you want to travel like a boss you need to be your own boss so start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of <laughs>